How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. time. Strong finish to the regular season for the Jets, 11-1 in their last 12 26, 7, and 3 in the last 36, but this is the second season. And this game tied 0-0 in game one. Jets on the power play, Bufflin at the right point. Bufflin tees it up, and that hit Mark Shifley's right skate. Wheeler off the near side boards, back for Bufflin. Boy, Granlin's keeping an eye on Patrick Liney. Into the slot, score! Mark Shifley from Blake Wheeler. And the Jets open the scoring. Power play marker. There's a familiar voice for Edmonton hockey fans. Dennis used to call the games on uh, A-Channel back in the mid to late 90s, doing some Jets play-by-play. Mark Shifley, late in the second period, power play goal. Jets up 1-0 on Minnesota now after two. Six minutes into the third, Penguins creaming the Flyers. 5-0. Kings and Golden Knights will start at 8. Baseball tonight, bottom of the 6th. Baltimore at home, leading the Blue Jays 4-3. Jays, uh, in my book anyway, off to a bit of a surprising start. They are 8-4 and four on the year. Western Hockey League in the second period, Lethbridge with a 4-2 advantage on Brandon. They let it 4-0 after the first period. Lethbridge leads the series two games to one. Just getting underway in Swift Current, Moose Jaw and Swift Current. And Moose Jaw's up 2-1 in that series. Later on, Victoria and Tri-City. Tri-City on fire. They've won seven straight playoff games. They lead that series three games to nothing. All right. Uh, this texture says, can you put the Winnipeg game on now that Edmonton is golfing? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll have the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final here on 630, Chad. And to that texture, trust me, babe, we ain't golfing in Edmonton. <laughs> because I'd be out there tomorrow morning if we could be. A little too much snow. We're going to bring Bob Stoffer on the show in a second here, but we've been talking a lot about Milan Lucic, so I want to get to the Peter Shirelli clip today on Lucic. Uh, I, I asked the question. I said he's got a big contract, a lot of time left. Can he bounce back? Back to where... First, I'm confident that he can get back to where the expectations lie for him. Where are those expectations? Uh, he's got he's to obviously produce more. Um, I actually liked his skating this year. He put a lot of work in the summer for his skating. Um, he, he didn't, you know, he, there was a lot of areas of his game that, that, that were subpar um, finishing. Uh, for a large part, uh, his defensive zone play, um, but he's, you know, he's he's still young in the big picture. Uh, he's, 
of tremendous character and he's uh, I know the work he's put in before in summers and we talked specifically about where he has to improve uh, where his game has to be with uh, as, as the overall NHL game progresses and advances and and he's committed to doing it I've seen that commitment before and I would expect it again Somebody texted in saying Milan Lucic isn't that old. He turns 30 on June 7th, 10 goals this past season. Previous five or four years, pardon me, I'll start after the lockout year, 23, 20, 18, and 24 going back. So you, uh, you hope this is the outlier, but I certainly understand the concern, and especially given the magnitude of that contract. As we bring Oilers now host Bob Stoffer on to Inside Sports. Bob, thanks for making time for me tonight. How are you, I'm doing quite well. Did, now, am, I, am I pulling you away from either the Jets or the Penguins game? Well, I can do an interview and watch the game. <laughs> That's good. You can multitask. Jack Michaels is having quite a good time tonight, eh? I, yes, I have seen the, uh, the text exchanges. Now, you actually uh, kept the 2012. Uh, did he really go 3 for 12 in the playoffs? He, we went, he went 3 and 12. He picked 3 out of 15 series correct. Yes, I did. I, I kept that for exact moments like the trash talk he decided to launch five minutes into the playoffs today. Yes. Well, that is, uh, that I, I had forgotten that that was the case. Uh, usually, Jack, in our conversations, my experience uh, I've been with Jack that he's right 99% of the time, and, and he'll tell you that. So, uh, but uh, no, we're having a little bit of fun there. I, I forgot that he went 3 and 12, and I'm pretty sure that was the year I picked the LA teams to win the Stanley Cup. So, uh, one of the rare years I actually got something right. Not substitute. I mean, I, mean, I got to tell you, I, I am watching Winnipeg and uh, Minnesota. Uh, everyone's hitting, everyone's blocking shots, playoff hockey. But I think it's got to be said, um, it just further reinforces my disappointment with what occurred this year at Edmonton. I mean, it sucks after going 13 games last year in a playoff two rounds not to see the Oilers back in this year. Well, yeah, it is disappointing, and there's nothing like playoff hockey how it how it uh, how it ramps up. I mean, to me, Bob, we'll go slightly off topic here for a second. I think, I think regular season football, and specifically NFL regular season football, has surpassed other regular seasons for entertainment value. But I still put hockey playoffs at the top of my list when it comes to the postseason. Well, we're Canadian guys, right? So. I actually think college football is better than NFL football, and NFL's opened up their game to offense. And, and this year, the NHL game opened up to offense. So why it was interesting when Peter Torelli talked about the fact that he thought the team scored enough this year. And in fact, if you take a look at it, five on five goals, uh, the Oilers were a top ten team. Five on five goals, or even strength scoring this year, but they didn't get it done on the power play in a year where a lot of teams' power plays went up. There's a lot of questions. I had a little bit of empathy for Peter because I don't think it mattered what he said. It wasn't going to placate a lot, a large percentage of the fan base. And I do think that... I mean, he just tied it. Yes, uh, that's the pregnant pause there to get a shot in there. Uh, God always admire when a 40-year-old guy like Matt Cullen gets one. No, I, I, I do think that, you know, when it comes to evaluating here, there's several factors uh, in terms of a coaching staff that needs to be uh, weighed in. So... Um, you know, uh, you don't want to make... And people say, well, you've had the whole final month and a half of the season where you knew you weren't going to make the playoffs. Why didn't you just quickly do something right away? Because, uh, unfortunately, there's been a 
pretty significant thing occur in Humboldt that uh, took Todd away for a day and a bit, and uh, that changed the complexion of things a little bit. And uh, you know, and, and the other thing is, you're, you're waiting to see what other organizations are going to do in terms of their personnel, and you got to do a full forensic audit uh, with the Oilers. And I'll give you an illustration right now. The, the Oilers kind of like killing did improve in the final quarter of the year. Do we know that Jim Johnson was overseeing the penalty killing, or was that basically taken away from him by somebody else? You know, only the Oilers can uh, say for sure what the case was. Uh, does that change the complexion potentially for Johnson? I don't know. Uh, you know, and I, I, I must say this, Todd's evaluating the coaches, but where I come from, or sorry, uh, Peter's evaluating the coaches, but where I come from, uh, all right, that's fine. But if the general manager believes in the head coach, usually the head coach takes the assistant. Mm-hmm. So factor that in as well, right? So there's some work to be – obviously there's some work to be done with the roster. It was a disappointing year. The coach clearly took ownership on Monday. Uh, but it, it, I don't know about what, what you thought, but I, to me, it didn't really matter what Chiarelli said. And there was always going to be a percentage of a fan base who were going to, uh, you know, criticize uh, the response on a variety of different role, uh, comments during the course of that interview. Well, absolutely. And that's the fun part of, of hosting shows like we get to. And just from the texts and calls tonight, uh, either Milan Lucic is the worst hockey player in history or he's a guy who's going to bounce back next year, depending on uh, fans. And, and to a lesser extent, that's some of the discussion around Secker as well. You said something I want to touch on, Bob. And... and this is something I've, I, I've been bouncing around in my head for the last couple of days, and I talked about it on this show. I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before. That goals for stat. And, you know, they, they only scored 13 fewer goals than last year. They, they did score an amount of goals that, if you're better defensively, it can sneak you into the playoffs. But then I also look at some of the games, and I say, you know, they won a lot of games, oddly enough, 6-2 or 7-2 this year. And, you know, it's great. Yes, Ipuliarvi scored on a one-timer. He did it with 50 seconds left in a game in Detroit where they were already winning 5-2. And, and I think that's part of the thing for me is they they off, they got they got a lot of window-dressing goals. They got some exciting goals when they were blowing teams out, and that's great. It's always great to get the insurance and, and get some stats if you're struggling. But where was some of that finish in the games they lost one nothing? Where was that some of some of that finish on the power play? You know, where was some of that finish where they were tied going into the third, like they were against Washington early in the season or Pittsburgh early in that season? So that's kind of where I go back and forth on that. I know the total itself is respectable as Minnesota goes up two one, but it, a lot of times it was the timing of the goals and the long droughts that really hurt them. I, I think. Yeah, they didn't have consistent scoring. And the major reason why they didn't have consistent scoring is because their power play was crappy all year. And if you had told me, Reed, at the start of the year, like the one part of their game that I thought I, I was going to say confidently was going to be productive, I thought it was going to be their power play. Well, how could you think anywhere, uh, anyway, not to have to be the case based upon how they finished the year? Like they were second in the league of the power play in the final five months. They had the best power play last season. 1985-86, that the orders had 22.9%. Like I, and it just went sideways, and it lost and got worse. And they went to a different power play for more uh, formation when Paul Coffey uh, came aboard as uh, 
you know, a, a unique uh, skill coach or whatever role he's kind of playing there. They went to that spread formation. That was something uh, I went through McClellan's uh, power plays in San Jose. I don't ever recall seeing that power play before. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if that was Paul's power play, I think like the thing with Paul is if he's going to be sort of a development guy, then that's fine. Because I don't think that Paul wants to be a full-time assistant coach. Uh, but if you are going to switch by a power play, you got to have a guy that, that believes in it firmly to run it. So I think the power play lost its way a bit. And that said, it lost its way one year in San Jose, was thought as Jay Woodcroft too, and bounced back the next year. Like during the seven years that Todd was in San Jose, over the balance of those seven years, uh, McClellan had the number two ranked power play in the NHL. If you combine those seven years, it's second best power play. So, you know, there's history there, and I'm sure those are the sort of things that Peter Terrell is figuring out with Todd McClellan right now, is can we get to the same back? Because to me, that's why they lost those games one nothing. They had they didn't draw enough penalties, and when they got on the power play, they never scored opportunistic goals or well-timed goals on the power play in games league. Like, there was like three games all year where they, they really grabbed it. One of those games actually was against Vegas at home, where they went three for three on the power play that first game against Vegas. How about the how about the record against the Pacific? Like they went 16, 11, and two against the Pacific this year, which is another sign that you know they've obviously got to improve against these. So you know they got to figure out what the hell happened with power play, uh, the penalty killing, and fairness. Once they changed the personnel, changed how aggressive they were with us, I think it got better in the final quarter of the year. But absolutely, they did not have consistent scoring Reed Wilkins during the course of the year. That is a completely fair comment. But they did have a decent amount of even strength scoring for the balance of the year. All right, Bob. Uh, I'm going to get some more texts and phone calls here. Oh, Jets just tied it, man. You come on the phone and we get three goals in uh, in less than five minutes to start. I mean, it's not all I get is 14 minutes with you. I mean, I don't get a shot to. <laughs> That's all I am. I got to tell you, Bob, the, you're actually your your phone's a bit muddy tonight, to be honest with you. So right. we're not gonna we're not gonna drag it out too long. But we'll have you on a lot throughout the summer. Maybe we'll get talking some golf with you. That'll be fun, eh? Oh no, there won't be any golf. <laughs> see, see you, buddy. <laughs> That's Bob Stopper checking in. Host of Oilers now, noon to two every day here on six thirty. Chad, uh, yeah. So it was one nothing Jets after the second period. Minnesota. Comes out, gets two, and now Line just rips one home from the top of the circle. So it's a 2 2 with 15.09 left in the third period. Jets and Minnesota Wild. All right, a little more from Peter Shirelli. You can also call 780 496 0063. You can text 63630. Don't forget, some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Bring home down south comfort food. Southern Classics, other tasty treats, salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. We're coming right back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 13.55 left in Winnipeg, Jetson Wild 2-2. Good game there. Oil 10 texting back to 63630. He says, Reed, Shirelli didn't take any blame for the roster he built. The coaches and the players cheating took the hit. Todd is not Shirelli's guy, and after the drop of 25 points, I don't think 
Shirelli and Todd will coexist. That's from Oil 10. John says, Reed, I have a solution. Don't trade a Hart Trophy finalist for a 4-5 defenseman who can't skate and has zero offensive instincts. Oh, wait, too late. That is from John. All right. You, you, know, what's, you know what's funny about the text from John? Maybe, like, I, obviously the trade can be debated, and it was debated at the time. But let's not disrespect Adam Larson either. Like, uh, John, that's a very disrespectful text to Adam Larson especially given what he went through this year. I, I, I hope you're a better person than that. And he played pretty well after he came back. We have Brent on the line. Hello, Brent. How are you doing, Reed? Good. What's, uh, what's happening at the Allen Cup, Reed? Lacombe and Stony Creek are going to play a little bit later on tonight. Lacombe played to a 1-1 tie with Rosetown yesterday. Oddly enough, they still have ties in the tournament. Uh, Rosetown has two ties. So the winner of Lacombe and Stony Tr- Creek will win the pool and get a bye to the semifinal. If it if every team ends up with two ties, I'm not sure how they're going to break it apart. Oh, yeah. Okay. Brent, do you have any connection to the Allen Cup? No, talking to Kelly McClintock, that's all. President of SHA, that's my only connection now. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks for checking in. I, I enjoy the Allen Cup as well. Yeah, if you need some, let me know. I can call Kelly. Oh, sure. Okay, much appreciated. Thanks for calling in. Take care, buddy. 780-496-0063. Dwayne is on the line. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, Reed. How you doing? Hey, you know, I think the biggest problem that I want to tell right now is the special teams coach. Because that's uh, a power play uh, way they do that. And, and everybody knows it, right? They, they're not mixing it up. Yep. And, uh, you know, as players... Uh, yeah, there might be a couple guys on the third line here or whatever. Um, but, you know, these are the boys the way they are. They, they'll, they'll be all right. And my biggest thing is, you know, they're, they're a good team. They're fast. They're, they're, they're strong. And they're big. Why don't they finish their checks? Well, sorry, why don't they finish their checks? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, you know they could be a very uh, intimidating team if they want to be. Well, they didn't check as well as a whole. I mean, they didn't dig for pucks as hard. They weren't as competitive on pucks. That was, yeah, that was throughout the lineup and, and throughout all zones of the ice, I thought. Yeah, that was, that was my thing. You know, because they're a big team. And, I mean, they, they could intimidate so many different other teams. They wouldn't want to get the corners with them. Yeah. Thanks, Dwayne. Appreciate it. Yeah, bye. 780-496-0063. All right. Appreciate everybody who texted in tonight. Uh, we're going to do uh, another team. We've been going around the league a little bit this week on Inside Sports. We'll go down the highway. Flames had a disappointing year as well. Pat Steinberg will check in, and uh, we'll get to more Peter Shirelli audio and uh, a little bit more of your text as well. Inside Sports on Chet. We're coming right back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The goals keep coming in Pittsburgh. Oh, another shot from the left side by Dumont and gets in. Brian Dumont from the left point area. It might have been touched in the way in, and if it is Crosby, it'll be the hat trick for the Penguin captain. And the hats are flowing on the ice, and Sir Sidney 
has scored, and you can get that dog off my lawn. The hat trick for Sidney Crosby. Well, I can agree. I agree. Get that dog off his lawn. Seven nothing. Penguins beating. Or it's over now. Just ended seven nothing. Penguins over the Flyers. Natural hat trick for Sidney Crosby. Jets and Wild still tied two two. Seven and a half minutes left in the third. Vegas home to Los Angeles. That starts in about half an hour. Orioles up 5-3 on the Blue Jays. That's in the bottom of the seventh. Western Hockey League, Lethbridge leads Brandon 5-3 after two. Swift Current up 1-0 on Moose Jaw. That is with four minutes left in the first period. You can text 636-30, phone number 780-496-0063. All right, John, I appreciate you wrote back. I took a kind of a shot at you after your earlier text. Uh, John says, Reed, I have sympathy for Larson and his family. I've lost my father, but he's a second-pairing defenseman at best. He doesn't have offense in his, in his game, and he's slow out there, so he ends up grabbing and taking penalties. It has nothing to do with his terrible loss. I'm not blaming Larson for being the player that he is. I'm blaming Shirelli for not seeing it. Okay, thanks, John. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's go back almost two years, though. Uh, Peter Shirelli never said there would be offense in Adam Larson's game. Uh, he said he'd be a solid defender who could make a pass to, to get the puck out. I don't think Adam Larson is slow. I, I think his skating is fine. I mean, I wouldn't describe it as excellent, but I wouldn't describe him as slow. Uh, did he end up grabbing and taking penalties? Yes, he did. I think he was hurt by uh, some of the changes to the standard this this year. No doubt about that. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That was a tough trade to take at the time. It it seems really lopsided this year because Hall's going to win the Hart Trophy. Uh, also, don't I mean I'm just I'm just trying to balance out here because I know as fans you get emotional and it's either gorgeous or it's crap and there is no in between. I mean Adam Larson was drafted fourth overall the, the year Ryan Nugent Hopkins was taken. There was a lot of speculation, you know, going into that that Adam Larson might be taken first overall. I mean he definitely has a skill set that is a, a defensive skill set, and. You can debate the trade itself all you want, and trust me, I have, with many of you. Um, the Oilers didn't have a defenseman like Larson. Now, you, we can debate the price the Oilers paid all we want. All we want. All we want. Because I know if I do this show for 30 years, I'll still be talking about it 30 years from now. But also, like, let's not underestimate the guy either, okay? He's not a flashy player like Taylor Hall. He's not going to get points. He's not going to win an MVP. He won't even win a Norris Trophy. Doesn't make him a bad player or a below-average player. That's all I'm saying. Uh, this texture says, to all those to uh, criticize the Hall trade and disrespect Larson, yes, Hall is a more polished player and skillful and fast, but what good is it if he doesn't put forth any effort to be that player? Larson is the epitome of effort and heart. Add that to the fact that I never saw Hall stand up for a teammate. Larson's a team guy. Hall's game rarely reflected that. Therefore, I didn't mind the trade. So good on Hall for probably winning the heart, but it's all not all about scoring goals. That's another perspective to uh, 6.30, 6.30. All right. 
Hall's had an outstanding season. An absolutely outstanding season. Adam Larson has strengths to his game as well. There's no doubt about that. Well, I think there's no doubt about that. Now people are going to tell me that they doubt it. That's fine. I, you know, it, what, Hall's comments the, earlier this year were interesting. I had a buddy say that to me. I was hanging out with a friend a couple weeks ago, and he said, that was an interesting interview early in the season from Hall. And I said, which one? He goes, well, the one where he said that he wouldn't listen to his coaches. I said, well, he didn't say that he necessarily wouldn't listen to his coaches, but he said he never really went out of his way to engage to his coaches or, or talk to his coaches or anything like that. Well, this texture says Larson went plus 19 on a team that led in 260 goals. Well, fair. You don't get a you don't get a minus if you let if you let it a, a penalty kill goal. Uh, but uh, yes, Greg says many people seem to shy away from pointing out Drysital's failures this year. I hope he is one of the players who admitted out loud that they cheated on their efforts this year. Aside from points, there were many nights he mentally took off. Uh, it would look positive in games where he scored, but sometimes it ended up costing the team a win. Soft passes, he got knocked off the puck by smaller people, poor back-checking, gliding when he should be driving, etc. There should be more expected of him to be a continual driver on a line. Uh, Greg, that's, I, I think, some pretty fair criticism. I think, you know, uh, I think Rob and I talked about that after some games. Dreisaitl, I think at times, didn't seem as interested when he wasn't with McDavid. Or maybe he got frustrated when he wasn't with McDavid. I know during part of this stretch where uh, Nuge was with McDavid and and Dreisaitl had Aberg, who was he with for a while, Aberg and Kajula. I, I think he got frustrated because he'd give those guys the puck and nothing would happen. And then he'd try to start make individual plays and he would lose the puck or give a pass away or something like that. So I think, Greg, you know, your general observations are, are, are pretty on the mark. We could probably quibble about the quantity of how many t- things happen, but that's a fair text for sure. Uh, Sam G says uh, that the distaste I have for the Penguins and Mike Lamb makes me hope this win might irritate Philadelphia so much they come back and upset them in the first round. Mike Lang, of course, the play-by-play voice of the Penguins. So I love Sam G. He always says something that uh, catches me by surprise. That's cool. 7 nothing. the Penguins beat the Flyers. Kirk is on the line. Hello, Kirk. Hey, Reed. How are you doing? Doing quite well. I hope the Maple Leafs lose in four straight. <laughs> okay, well, I, I doubt that'll happen, but we'll keep an eye on it for sure. <laughs> I hope so. Anyways, um, Taylor Hall is just consistent with what he's always done, and he's getting better. And that's the reason why I think that's such a stupid trade at the beginning. Okay. Number one number draft pick. He's getting better and better every year, and he's he's going to win the cup someday on another team besides the Oilers. And man, man, if we could trade Larson for a guy like Hall, that would be so good, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I know what you're saying, and that's going to be the criticism is that the the trade wouldn't work the other way. I, I all I'm saying, I, Kirk, I'm not arguing it's it it was a difficult I, I, trade. I can't stand the management of the team. It, it's it's pathetic. It's pretty. It's pretty sad. Like David Perron. Like look at the Vegas Golden Knights. Marsha Show and uh, Carlson are making under a million a year, 
and we got these guys making six million a year. They can't do nothing. It's terrible. Sure. You thought William Carlson was going to score 43, eh? Well, I didn't because I'm not a NHL manager. But I, I'm going to tell you a secret, Kirk. His own correct. manager didn't think he was going to score 43. <laughs> like, we're doing apples and oranges a little bit here with Hall and some of the guys on Vegas, I think. Yeah, I know. You're sticking up for those guys, but it, it's... No, I'm not sticking up for anything. I just don't know what William Carlson and Jonathan Marshall have to do with with Taylor Hall. That's all. Well, how about David Braun? Why would you trade your best player away for nothing? They gave him away for hockey pucks. David Braun was the best player on the Oilers team when they got rid of him. You think so? Sure, he was. Okay. All right. Well, he's played for. You know, he's played. For, they didn't trade him to Vegas, right? I know that. Okay. I know that. David Perron was a great goal scorer when they got rid of him. Why would you get rid of a guy that can that can produce like that for nothing? Like draft picks. And they drafted crap for that. I don't know. No, that's fair. I think they traded one of the picks they got for Perron. Uh, I believe, I'm trying to remember. I think they got Klinkhammer back. Uh, I believe he was going to be a UFA when they traded him, but uh, no, that's fair. They didn't wind up really getting much for him. Uh, that was a while ago. He's played for Pittsburgh, Anaheim, and St. Louis. So why did why did Pittsburgh, Anaheim, and St. Louis get rid of David Perron, Kirk? Probably because they're stupid. Okay, fair enough. Thank you for the call. We have Tim on the line. Hey, Tim. How you doing today, Reed? I'm doing all right. Excellent. I just got to say one comment on Milan Lucic. Okay. The man had a rough year. He had some bad bounces going his way. He hit so many posts. He's, like there's, it just it's got to go nowhere but up. But in them last games there against Calgary, playing up against that goaltender, I was damn proud of him. It was awful nice to see somebody standing up on the Oilers like that again. We haven't seen that this year. Not much of it. Where the real Milan Lucic comes out. Uh, well, yeah, that was exciting. I'm glad he got involved in that game. You know another team he had a good game against? Uh, I mean, he had 46 games with one goal, so unfortunately there weren't many. He didn't score in that game against Nashville, where the Oilers lost in the third period. He had six shots on goal, and he was involved physically. And for some reason, he seems to get a little more involved against the Predators. I don't know if he's still got a hate on for Subban, or they got some (laughs) physical guys that poke at him a little bit. But... uh, I mean, I don't know. You, I mean, with Lucic, you just got to hope. I don't know what else to say. I mean, he's he's not going to give up. I know he as a person won't give up. Just hopefully it translates into more production on the ice. Yeah, I, well, like I said, he, he's got nowhere to go but up. And the, he's proven before that he's, you know, he's worth it. He's he, a good player. He, he did have a really so. bad year in the lockout year. I think he only had seven goals in the, that 48-game season, and his shooting percentage dropped to, like, about 7%, which is where it was this year. Usually he yep. shoots 13 or 14. Hopefully. So hopefully he turns it around like he did last that time. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, bud. Bye. All right. 780-496-0063-747. Take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, just for the sake of accuracy here, which is important, should be very important, 
Adam Larson finished the season plus 10. He did have a stretch of games over about the final third of the season where he was uh, plus 19, but he did go plus 10 for the season in 63 games. He was plus 21 last year in 79 games, and I know some of you are thinking uh, plus minus is an archaic stat and you don't care about it, but it was referenced. I still think it has some value. So uh, there we go. Wanted to clarify. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 750. Winnipeg leading Minnesota 3-2 with a minute 13 left. Minnesota just calling a timeout as they're going to try to pressure here in the third period and tie the game. Keep you updated on that one. Again, if you want the full Peter Shirelli media availability today, it is on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. There's an article. You can uh, read some quotes. Uh, we have some video from our friends at Global as well, so you can break down the highlights, or you can sit and listen to the whole thing. Peter Shirelli talking today about, because of one of the criticisms of the Oilers was they're a slow team. They don't play fast enough. And he had these comments about their pace and some other things as well. We have to we have to play at a higher pace, and that pace isn't necessarily speed. Um, I think you've heard us talk about that before. Thinking more quickly, moving the puck through all three zones more quickly. Um, you know, you you start at some point in on the rink, whether it's breaking out, whether it's uh, re- recovering in the neutral zone, whether it's how you attack in the in the offensive. Zone, how you how you manage odd man rushes. It's it's across the spectrum. Now, is that a personnel issue? A little bit. So, as a manager, I have to look at that. I have to see where uh, where we're going with with our personnel. Um, I've always said I'd like you know I think our speed starts at the back end, and and getting the puck up through the zones quickly. Um, that's it's, that's not putting all the onus on the defense, but I that's part of it. And so that's an area where we'll have to tweak. We've got we've got some young forwards that will challenge that are that have some speed. Um, so, so, so one, uh, from the broader perspective, we have to look at team speed a little bit. I, I'm a firm believer in, 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 in you thinking more, this isn't an, an excuse not to get faster players, but you think and you execute more quickly and, and you become a faster team. We weren't a slow team last year. So I think a lot of it is mental too. But as a manager, from a personnel perspective, we have to look at it. Um, so then, so then, personnel aside, you have to look at how you play the game. And so we have to break the puck out better. I, 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 generally, I wasn't happy with our execution this year, and and that starts with passing. And so that has to be better and 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 support. We, I don't think we we supported well and and. I can dive a little deeper into why we didn't, um, and, and that may be a question later on, but uh, without support on the breakout, without support on the neutral zone forecheck, without support on the cycle game, um, you're, you're not playing a fast game. Like you're, you're, There's individual performances, that's what it looks like, and, and, and that's what I saw a lot. So, so how you play, and from the personnel perspective, we got to take a deep dive. All right, uh, a lot there from Peter Shirelli. I, I, you know, I, th- I think I agree with some general things there. They didn't break the puck out as well. They didn't support each other as well on, on the forecheck and, and make uh, you know quick, smart decisions. Now, how much is that is on the players and how much is that on 
him on the manager that he didn't employ players who have that skill set. That's obviously what he's going to have to decide. I want to get in a couple other clips here. Uh, here's what he said about Ty Ratty. He's a very cerebral player, um, and he's he moves the puck well, and I think he, he fit in well. It was also with Nugent Hawkins being up there too, so you have three very cerebral players that recognize the need to move the puck quickly. Um, he uh, he had a he had a pretty good year in uh, Bakersfield. Um, it was a one-dimensional year. We we delayed bringing him up. His his defensive game for the longest time in Bakersfield struggled. Um, but we we wanted to have a look at him because we thought at one point he would get into our lineup and 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 he did. Um, uh, yeah, we've, we'd like to have him back, and we've had some discussions, so we'll see where that goes. And I think that's a player worth bringing back. I, I think you could probably get him for a million dollars max. Maybe it's fine. You give him a one-way. He still makes that if he gets sent down. But, yeah, smart player, fit in with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid. Can he do it over the full year? We don't know. Can he defend well enough in the NHL long-term? We don't know, but that's probably a, a, a low-risk signing if you bring him back. And he's still only 25 years old. If you bring him back for another year at a, at a relatively low price point, and you, you would think Ty Ratty might think, mm-hmm, I train hard this summer. I might get an opportunity with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid. Not, not a bad situation for a guy who's basically spent most of his pro career in the minors. So that's something to watch out for as well. Again, everything from Shirelli on 630Ched.com. Blue Jays trail the Orioles 5-3 in the bottom of the eighth. The Jets have won 3-2 over Minnesota. Really good game tonight. Game one, Penguins beat the Flyers 7-zip. Kings and Golden Knights coming up here at the top of the hour. Western Hockey League playoff update. We are early in the third. Lethbridge leading Brandon 6-3. Lethbridge is up 2-1 in the series. Swift Current leads Moose Jaw 1-0 after 1. Swift Current hoping to tie that series at 2. And just getting underway, Tri-City and Victoria. Tri-City up 3-0 in that series. They swept their first round series. So they're going for another one. Really good team who's uh, getting hot for the playoffs. Got healthy down the stretch as well. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Thanks to Bob Stoffer for hopping on tonight. Hey, thanks to everybody who called and texted. Going to be a fun summer talking about the Oilers. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. Kellen, good stuff, buddy. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll be back at 6 o'clock tomorrow. I think we got Kelly Rudy on the show tomorrow. That'll be fun. Take care. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.